Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bcc.church. I want to ask you something even before uh, what I start. Uh, if your actions or words were to boomerang back on you instantly, would you still say the same things? Would you still behave in the same way? If your attitude, words, or behavior would boomerang back on you instantly, would you still do the same? Would I still behave the same I sometimes behave? Would I still say some of the same words that I sometimes say? And to be honest, many times I wouldn't want to be on the other end of my attitudes. It's just truth. Sometimes I wouldn't want to experience what other people experience when I'm not in the best of uh, moods, let's say. You know, and I wouldn't want that to sort of backfire at me or to boomerang back on me instantly. And today I want to speak about something that we may have heard many, many, many times. And I want to ask what comes first to your mind when I say the words golden rule? Something on the lines that do to others what you want them to do to you, or something like this. And there are many, many interpretations of this golden rule. Almost every religion, if not every single religion in the whole world, has a certain interpretation or form of what we call the golden rule. Confucianism says, do not do to others what you do not want them to do to you. Hinduism says, this is the sum of duty. Do not do to others what would cause pain if done to you. Buddhism says, Hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. And these sayings are very, very similar to the golden rule. The big difference is that they are all stated negatively and they imply passivity. Do not do what you don't want others to do to you. But when Jesus speaks about the golden rule, it's also always spoken in a positive way. Do to others what you want them to do to you. And that is a very, very big difference. Because Jesus speaks of uh, something proactively positive that we need to do. The other religions, they basically tell you, try to refrain yourself from doing harm. And that's it. But Jesus says, do good. Do something positive. Be proactively positive. And that's a very, very big difference between what Jesus is teaching and what in Christianity uh, Jesus is teaching, what any other religion in the world teaches. And today when we speak of the golden rule, I want to tell you that Apart from Christ and apart from a relationship with God, you cannot actually live out the golden rule in its fullness. Because you can only speak of what you experience. If you and your God, let's call it the smiley Buddha or whatever, if you don't have a personal relationship with that God, you cannot actually live out. So if you don't receive something, you cannot give uh, the same, it's just natural law. If you do not, you cannot speak uh, as something, you cannot describe something as good if you haven't tasted it. Right? It's just a natural law, it's just what it happens. So the golden rule has been birthed out of an intimacy with God. When we understand our relationship with God the Father, that's when we can actually live out the golden rule. And this is what I want to speak about today. The golden rule can be extended to others only if we ourselves have experienced it. You extend to others what you experienced in a personal relationship with God. And we, we do love and we do serve a living God. And because of that, we have the assurance and confidence that we can actually live out 
the golden rule. You cannot give something that you don't own. You cannot express how something feels if you haven't experienced it yet. The other week, I was at Neil and Elin's house, and uh, as we about, uh, I was at Mark speaking about our mission trip in Romania. And we were saying that we flew out from uh, Luton Airport. And then we started to chat about Luton Airport. And how many of you love Luton Airport? Like, <laughs> exactly, right? So, <laughs> so Elina was saying that she, when they flew uh, towards Bulgaria and back, uh, she was comparing that the, the, uh, the airport in Bulgaria is amazing comparing to Luton. It's like, it's neat and tidy and clean and beautiful. Je- Neil even wanted to live there. <laughs> you know, that's how beautiful it was. And then you come to Luton, right? Where everything is different, right? And Neil was expressing how it feels when he's in Luton. Aileen, myself, Mark, Matthew as well. And then Timothy was sitting next to me while we were eating. And he says, yeah, Luton, like when I've, when I've been to Luton, it was so small and so it wasn't neat and it wasn't tidy at all. Uh, and I was listening because it was interesting uh, uh, what he was saying. Then Aileen says to him, Timothy, you haven't been to Luton Airport. <laughs> but he was describing as if he lived it, you know. And then we're like, okay. But you see, it's the same with the golden rule. Some people describe it as a moral thing, but unless you really experience it, you don't speak theory. It will not speak something that you actually experience in a relationship with God. And the golden rule is birthed in that intimacy and in that relationship that we have with our God. And the golden rule in Matthew 7 comes on the back of many other verses. So I want to give you the golden rule in its context and to understand why Jesus says it, when he says it, and why it's important for us to have like, a deeper understanding of what the golden rule is all about. So let's read. Um, Matthew 7, 7 to 14 it will be. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and doors will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good, give good gifts to those who ask him? So, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. So one of the first things I notice is that when it says about ask, it will be given, seek, and you will find, knock, and it will be opened. Jesus is sort of encouraging us to do something. But I think there's even a deeper uh, teaching to this. Jesus is helping us to understand some of the most basic needs that we have in life. I want to present the golden rule today in a different light. It's not just a command that Jesus asks us to do, but Jesus is pointing towards some of the most basic needs that we have as people. Because when we want something, we ask for it. This is how it works. When we look for, when we need something, want to find something, we look for it. If we want to come to my house, you'll knock on my door. It's just how it happens. And Jesus wants us to translate what we naturally do in confidence into in our relationship. He wants us to bring it in our relationship with Him. Like this morning, maybe like me, I was on the bus coming to church, and I was already planning what I'll do. I'll come, I'll download the PowerPoint, have the notes ready for audio and the translators, then I'll keep an eye on the coffee, 
and then wait for the cafe team to prepare the coffee. And then when the ra once the radar goes to them and ask nicely, uh, can I have a coffee with just a bit of milk? They know already how I have it. I have coffee with milk, not milk with coffee. Okay, it's a very, very big, very big difference <laughs> right there. But I went there and I asked because I wanted something. And I have the confidence that they will give me what I asked for because they could have slept half an hour more this morning. They are carrying pints of milk with them when they come to church, preparing the coffee machine. And if you go there, you know where the hot chocolate, where the coffee, where the tea, where the milk, where the sugar, where everything is. They're preparing this for us. So if I put all these things together, I have the confidence and the assurance that if I ask for coffee, they'll give it to me. If I don't ask, I may get in trouble because they, <laughs> they prepared all this with all their heart. It will be a bit rude and annoying if I don't actually ask for coffee. And it's the same with God. When he asks us to, tells us to ask, it's because he prepared everything we need already. He wants us to ask. And this is very, very important because when we ask, this represents our wants. That's why, first of all, we ask for what we wish. There are things that I, if I wish and if I want coffee this morning, I go and ask because I know that the ladies in the cafe team, they want, this is their heart on Sunday morning. They want to do it. They want to bless me. And I have this assurance. I don't go there and I'm like, I know I may ask a bit too much or that's outrageous, but can I have some coffee? <laughs> it's not like this. They want to do This is their heart. And God's father's, the, father, the father's heart that God has is the same. He wants us to come because we ask for what we wish. That's why when we ask, this represents our wants. What do we want? What are our good desires? What are our wants? What do we need in our lives? I want to encourage you, go to God. He will answer. He's in the business of answering and giving good things to the people who ask, to his children. That's what he does to us. If I, if I want strength, I go to God and ask for strength. If I'm burdened, I go to God and he'll either lift up my burdens or help me carry my burdens. If I have a need, I go to him and simply ask. I go to God for provision. I go to God for strength. I go to God for my desires, for my needs, because he's a good father. He wants to give us what we ask for. That's why it's important that as I come to church every morning, knowing that there will be coffee and that everything will be ready, even much more, God has everything that we need, for, we need already. We just, all we need to do is to ask. Understand what your needs are, understand what your wants are, and then go to God in confidence and ask Him. Think about the, the first act of uh, generosity that God did in the world. Right? He created the... Uh, Adam and Eve, and what did he give them? He gave them the world. It's yours, guys. And if God can give a world to his children, how much more would he give me my needs and what I need in my life? That's why when we ask, this represents what we wish. What is your desire? What is the need that you have in your life? Have confidence and ask God. He can give words to people. Wouldn't he give something that you need in your life? Because that's what God does as well, and uh, I want us to really have this uh, this courage to go to God and ask Him for things. Now, I don't want you to get me wrong, and I want to say things quite clear. And it's something that we do believe in the church. Okay, uh, church leaders, do not think that we go to God and ask for anything to be given. There is this very false teaching going around, which is on the prosperity side of teaching, that they teach that uh, the mark of true spirituality is private jets and mansions in the woods. But can I encourage you, if, you don't, if you're not a millionaire, you're still a genuine Christian. If you don't own private jets, you're still a genuine Christian. 
If you don't own mansions and flats, you are still a genuine Christian. Money is not the way we measure our spirituality. Our spirituality is measured in a relationship with God. There are people who sell holy handkerchiefs. You put it in your wallet and somehow money will grow all of a sudden. Like, really? Did, did, did Peter start a franchise 2,000 years ago of handkerchiefs that he, he gives around to the whole world and we make money out of it? Miraculous water and other so-called holy stuff. This is not true. <laughs> if you need money, go to God. You know, it's as simple as that. Like if, if you, let's say your children need clothes, okay? And I'll tell them, I'll tell Zayana, Scott, if she, if she wants shoes, okay? I'll tell Zayana, you need to come to me and if you give me 100 pounds, your father will give you shoes. No, go to him. It, it, it's just, and I want to encourage you, we go to God and ask. It, it, God doesn't say, if you bless my people, only then I will bless you. If you need money, go to him. If you have needs, go to him. And I've seen this in my life so many times. I could tell you stories after stories of God providing for me. I don't need to do something to impress God. I just need to be in a relationship with him. I ask and I receive. Shereen's testimony and many of us have these testimonies. And I live my life asking God for things. And he gives me knowledge. He gives me experience. He gives me clothes, accommodation, friends, family, this amazing church. And I don't say this lightly. But I think one of the things that God always, always gives me when I ask is forgiveness. Every single time. Even yesterday I was, prepared, I was uh, praying. I was at home. I was having my breakfast and praying. And like I, I said, God, I want to ask forgiveness for the so many times that I've hurt people. It, I mean, that's what I was praying back then. And I, said, I was praying for the people I've hurt. Like, help them to I don't know, restore their heart, heal their heart, help them to be happy again. And I found that the hardest thing for me is to forgive myself. It's hard. I know God can forgive me. But unless I experience God's forgiveness, I will not forgive myself. And these religions that have so proclaimed God, their God is not in an intimate relationship with them. You don't go and cry in front of the elephant and he'll say, it's okay, I'm here for you. He will not forgive you. It's not what statues do. But God does because he's an alive God. So when I speak of, uh, of the golden rule, I do to others what I, what I would like to be done to me, God is forgiving me, therefore I can extend forgiveness, not only to others, but even to myself, because I experience God forgiving me, and then I am confident that I can actually forgive myself as well. So I want to encourage you, ask for God, and He will give us all we need. And sometimes I say, God, I don't deserve your forgiveness, which is true. God, please forgive the ugliness of my soul and of my heart, and that's exactly how I prayed yesterday. And it's true, sometimes, I don't want to be on the other end of myself. But God forgives me. Every time I ask for forgiveness, He's there for me, and He will always, always forgive me. Secondly, we seek for what we miss and lack. Seek and you will find. We seek for what we lack in our lives. There's something missing in my life. What is it? And we read, we read even, uh, and Shireen, uh, she said, seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all the other things, accommodation and roof of your head, clothes, all these basic needs, will be given to you. So I want to ask you, what do you lack in your life at the moment? And I want to encourage you to go even beyond material needs. And that, like, don't get me wrong, God is providing all those. Like parents, you provide for your children's shoes. They don't have to beg of you. Father, I want to sleep in a bed tonight. Now, you're doing it. So you have that covered. I want to ask you to go deeper. What do you lack in your life at the moment? Do you need wisdom? Do you need more patience? What is it that you lack in your life? Because God will help you find that which you seek for. This is what God does 
for us. This is what God does. You know, seek first the kingdom of God. You know, if seek what is of priority in your life and God will provide what is necessity. Seek what is priority, God, and God will provide what is necessity, clothes, a roof over your head, accommodation, everything else. That's what God does. I mean, parents, you're helping your kids find the right education, don't you? You're helping your, your children find the right school. You're helping your children find the right job at some point. You're helping your children find the right person for their lives. You do this. You want them to trust that you know what you're doing. It's the same with God. He's on it. He just wants us to trust that He knows what He's doing. He's, he's on it, you know? Don't worry. God is taking care of all our needs. Our assurance in finding what we seek for must come from our knowledge and understanding that God is our Father who has the best interest in mind for us. He's got a plan. He's got a future for our lives. Therefore, if I seek for something, if I lack something in my life, I go to my Father. He will help me find it. You want your children to trust that you have their back. I want to encourage you to trust that God's got your back as well because of the relationship, intimate, intimate relationship you have with Him. When we experience an active relationship with God, we know very well that we will find what we seek, even if it may take time, or even if it won't be easy. The promise, that we get, the promise that we get to live in our relationship with God is that He will help us find what we seek for and what we lack in our lives. And I'm sure all of you have certain uh, experiences in your past where God helped you find you're lacking something in your life. But I, I would suggest that start with God and the rest will fall in place anyway. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness as well. And finally, we knock for that which we feel ourselves shut out from. We knock, doors will be open. Seeking and knocking implies something more than asking and praying. And I believe that we demonstrate our faith not only by asking and waiting, but by seeking and knocking as well. There's a proactive step that we take in uh, in our faith. I trust that I will find what I seek for. I believe that God will open the door on which I knock, and then I act on it. Let's say you're looking for a job, and you're praying for God to give you a job. He, he will, but most probably you'll have to go to the job center or apply your CV somewhere online. Yes, some companies may, out of the blue, headhunt you, but it's not the, how it usually goes. So I believe it's a greater act of faith to actually step into what you pray for. If I pray for a job, I'll go and look for a job, knowing that I'll find it. This is bigger faith than just waiting. I know waiting is hard many times, and sometimes we just need to wait. But many other times we need to actively go and seek for what we pray and knock on the doors that we want to be open because God is the one who's going to open those doors as well. When I, was a, when I was a teenager, I was really, really bad in maths and I still am. Nothing changed there, you know. Bad, bad in maths, physics, chemistry, anything that is science-related, okay? And I was so bad that I almost had to repeat the year in high school one year two times. I was like, bad, all right? And because I was so bad, someone offered to pray for my private tuition in maths. All right, so, uh, but I hated maths, obviously. And what usually happened is that I had to go to this teacher uh, that they paid at her flat and were doing maths and exercises and two hours felt like infinity, you know? It's like uh, awful. You know, she was amazed, but just what she represented wasn't really uh, <laughs> something that my heart really loved, you know? But, uh, so I really didn't like it. And at some point I said, hmm, I can be smarter than this. So what I was doing, uh, when I, I found a very tricky way to not do it, 
I was going to her flat or in front of the door, outside the door, and I was listening if she's walking around, you know, on the other side of the door. And when she wasn't, I was like, then. So then she wouldn't answer, obviously, because she couldn't really hear my knocking, but I technically did knock, right? <laughs> three times, very intentional, three times, so nine times if you want. And then I was leaving, very disappointed, as you can imagine, right? <laughs> and and uh, I was going back, and then I was, people that I was accountable to and those who paid for and all that said, why didn't you go? And I'm like, I knocked. So I was technically saying the truth, but in a very, very tricky way. <laughs> that was a door I, don't want, I didn't want to open in my life, <laughs> right? <laughs> but if we do want doors open in our life, we really, really knock. And the promise is that God is opening those doors. If I want to knock on a door of acceptance, God will open it. If I want to knock on a door of love, God will open it. Our biggest need is not just opportunities, but I think that the biggest thing that knocking, uh, that knocking implies is the need to belong. I knock on a door of a house because I want to belong to that family. And this is what Jesus is saying. Through. One of the biggest needs we have as humans is to belong. It's to be accepted. It's to be acknowledged. It's to be welcomed as you are. And God's promise is that if you knock... Doors will be open. As Luke says, and how daring youth is, and how this church, I believe it is, we're a family. We belong to one another. We'll help. Not perfect, don't get me wrong. And no family is perfect anyway. But what Jesus says is that one of the biggest needs that we have is the need to belong. That's why he says, knock, and the doors will be open. Yes, there'll be doors of opportunities. There'll be doors of new seasons in your life. There'll be doors of blessings. Yes, this is happening. But our greatest need is to belong is to be known and to belong. This is what we live for. This is how we are. As we think about your children and how much you love them. Children, think about your parents. I know it's not cool to say my mom and dad love me, but deep down inside your heart, you know it's true and you enjoy it. We want to belong to a family, to people that love us. This is one of our greatest needs that we have. So let's look at how Jesus puts it in the passage we read. He says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And by this, Jesus is not bringing condemnation. Okay, don't get me wrong. It's like, you evil people. It's, that's not the, Jesus wants to emphasize on the goodness of the Father. And let's be honest. Like, if you take Jesus out of my life, I am evil. Can I say, without God, you are evil. All of us are. But God is transforming us, transforming our hearts, renewing our minds. Therefore, I am no longer evil. Okay? But if you were to take God out of my life, I'll be Weak, and I'll be, I don't know, wicked. But even in my weakness, I'll still know how to do good things for the people I love. Even if I am evil, I still know how to give good gifts to my children when I have some. No, this is, we do it. It's natural. It's what we love to do. And then Jesus is making the point, well, if you who are not perfect, let's put it like that if you want, know how to do very good things to your children, how much more will God, with your Father in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? And this is like, for me, it's life-changing. Because in, even in my imperfection, I do good things for the people I love. How much more God in His perfection and holiness will do good things and will give good things to those who ask us. Imagine for a saying that you're getting a white check right now. It's like, I, I, I know how many flats I'll buy for my friends. 
I'll pay for education for some of my younger friends to go in uni. Like, I will do great things. How much more will God do great things for? He doesn't need a white check. He is the check. Oh, no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he is the, his generosity. God gives us good things. So we knock on the doors, knowing that we'll find what we seek for in God's hands and in God's family. What don't you do for the children, for your children? Like, you'll do everything because you really, really, really love them as well. Now, take all that joy and happiness that you feel when you do something good for people and imagine how much happier and full of joy God is when he does good things for us. That's why I'm bold and calm and knock on the door of my father's house. Say, he will welcome me. He's there for me. I knock on some of your doors and I know the doors will always be open. And can I say God is better than you, you know? <laughs> God is better than me. And he'll always, his door is always open for me. And he'll always bless me. Blessing is what he does. God wants to bless us. How much more will my father who is in heaven, my father who restored my life, forgave me, forgave myself, who restored my heart, who accepts me as I am, who gives me new life, who is the king of kings, ruler over all, no one can stand against him, who created the world, who gave his life for me, how much more will this Father give good things to those who ask Him? He will do it because that's what He does and God really wants to bless us. My Father in heaven gives good things to those who ask of Him because He loves doing this. But make no, make no mistake, God gives good things to those who ask for good things. Right? <laughs> he, Jesus puts, He'll give good things. Don't ask for bad things. Because God doesn't give bad things, so you might as well ask for good things, okay? That's how it, that's how it uh, really works. So what are the grounds of asking? Uh, I'll just quickly say it. According, we ask according to God's will. We ask trusting in God's great mercy. And we ask in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus Christ. That's how we ask. So after Jesus is telling us that the biggest needs of our lives, like love, acceptance, belonging, can be found in God the Father, who gives if we ask, helps us find if we seek, and opens doors if we knock. After he says, says all this, he doesn't stop at verse 11. But he continues. And this is where we come to the golden rule. Right? Now, if you, have, if you follow in your Bibles, you will have a subtitle that says, between verses 11 and 12, the golden rule. But can I just remind that Jesus didn't stop there, and then another day continued with verse 12, okay? And Jesus didn't use, now the next subtitle is the golden rule. He's just speaking. So this is a continuation. The golden rule is a continuation of everything we said until now. So after everything that I've said about seeking, finding, knocking, and, see, and uh, asking, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the problem. The word so implies that based on everything that was said, this is what's coming next. It's, it's built on the foundations of asking, seeking, knocking of our relationship with God. So the golden rule is birthed in that intimacy with God. It's not a thing on its own. And now it makes a lot of sense to me because this golden rule is birthed of my intimacy with my God, who is my Father. That's where the golden rule comes from. And you cannot have intimacy with any other God, but just with the real God because He's alive and He lives even today. So, what the God, golden rule helps us do is to basically what we desire of God must become what we desire for others. What we desire from God will become what we desire for others. It's not just do to others what we want them to do, because let's be honest, sometimes people do fail us, and if someone fails me, I will not do the same to them. That's not what this is about. 
Now, if God punches him, I'll not punch him back. This is not what Jesus is saying. Also, Jesus is not saying that uh, uh, if, you, if you don't want them, the good that they don't do to you, you don't do it to them. So just because you didn't honor me with a cup of coffee, doesn't mean I will not give you a cup of coffee. It, so it goes deeper. The application of the golden rule goes deeper and deeper and deeper. You think about Jesus in Matthew 5. says, when you do good things to people in my name, they will persecute you. So you can actually be a great follower of Christ and still not receive what you deserve, goodness. And Jesus is not saying that if you do good things to people, they will, good do, they will do good things to you. This is not what he says. Sorry, I clicked on something. Uh, this, this not, that, this, that's not what Jesus says. If I, if I wash your feet, I'm expecting you to wash my feet. It doesn't happen. So therefore, the golden rule and the application of the golden rule must come out of our relationship with God, the Father, directly. With how my relationship with Him is. What He does to me, I do to others. What I experience in my relationship with Him, I want others to experience in their relationship with me. This is what the golden rule does, and this is what it is all about. You can do good things and you can faithfully follow Jesus Christ and still not get what you want because that's how people are. Sometimes they're evil, sometimes they're bad. And uh, there, in, in, 19, in 1792, there was Abraham Booth. He was an abolitionist preacher, so trafficking and slavery, okay, in London. And in January 29th, he preached a sermon, and in his message, he spoke of the golden rule and said, and I sort of quote him, Suppose the ships full of slaves land at Bristol, Liverpool, and move to London, and they take your sons, your daughters, your parents, and kidnap them, and take them away in chains, never to be seen again. How would you deal with it? And that's in the middle of the slave trade, okay? In the middle of all that, this preacher says, how would you behave? What would you do? How would you deal with the fact that, how would you deal with the fact that someone comes and takes your friends, what would you do then? And this is where actually the golden rule comes, because I will not do the same to them. Jesus is not teaching if someone wrongs you, you do the same to them. If someone hurts you, what do you do? You forgive them and love them. If someone slaps you on a cheek, you turn the other cheek. If someone asks you to go one mile a day, you go the extra mile. So the golden rule is proactively positive. It's not only not doing bad, but doing good to the people even if they wronged us. If they wronged me, I forgive them, and I love them, and I accept them into my heart. I will not hate. If they hate me, I love them as Jesus loves me. You see, the golden rule is not mirroring what others do to us. The golden rule is not mirroring what they do to us. If they hurt me, I, hate, I hurt them. If they reject me, I reject them. If they, help me, if they don't help me, I won't help them. That's not what the golden rule is about. To the golden rule, Jesus is not teaching us to only stop doing bad, but he wants us to love people and he loves us. That's why we need to apply the golden rule in our lives based on the relationship we have with Jesus, not on the response we have from people. God is always loving, accepting, full of kindness, full of love, full of joy. Therefore, because I do experience this, I'll do to others what God is doing to me. That's why he says, do to others what you would have them do to you. It's not what they are doing. It's what you would like. And what we would like is something that is ideal. But we know in, the, in, in this world, ideal things don't always work. But in the relationship with God, the ideal relationship exists. 
He does give me good, good things. He does accept me as I am. So that's why when we speak of the golden rule, I can actually live this out because I'm experiencing it in my intimate relationship with God. That's why we can do it. And apart from God, we cannot because we cannot experience this from other gods and from other things. It doesn't say don't do the wrong they're doing to you. So whatever you wish that others will do to you, do also for them. Why? For this is the law and the prophets. Why? Because this is the law and the prophets. And we looked at the law, didn't we? If you remember. Okay? The heart of the law is, is love. The heart of the law is love. So do to others what you would have them do because this is love. So we are called to live out the golden rule. If you want to put in one word again, this is love. Even if they don't love you. Even if they reject you. Isn't this what we many times do with Jesus Christ? And even so, in His grace, He's there for us. He's loving us. If we ask, we receive. If we seek, we find. If we knock, doors are being opened as well. If we are to live by the golden rule, we must love. This is what we have to do. So there's three things I want you to... Uh, this is a good goal. Okay, what we desire of, other, of God becomes what we desire for others. I believe this is the golden rule. But there are three things I want you to think about this week. Not only now, but start uh, thinking about it now. First of all, think about your relationship with God the Father. So we look at ask, seek, and knock. So ask, God, today I want to ask for, and you write it down. I'll even encourage you to write it down. There's, I don't know, something powerful. Not, not spiritual, but powerful <laughs> when you write things down. God, today I want to ask this from you. God, I lack this in my life. I want to seek after that. I miss something in my life. And I come to you and say, this is what I Lack in my life. And I knock. Father, open a new door for me in this area. And you name the area of your life. Okay? I lack, for me, I personally lack a lot on the emotional side. I need to know how to deal with emotions and stuff. This is my season now. So God is helping me fill in this gap and this emptiness that I have in my, in my heart. Okay, this is what I lack. Secondly, I want you to think about God's response to your prayer. Okay, how, does, how would God respond to this prayer? So, first of all, receiving. You'll say, I received from God what I asked from Him. When you ask, God will answer. That's what He says. And say, I received this. Find, I found what I was lacking and what was missing in my life. And my suggest that if you don't have God, that's the first biggest need. And the rest will come in place. What is it that you lack in your life that you need God to fill or give you right now? And then step through. So today I started a new season in my life. Today I knocked on a door that God opened and I stepped through. I stepped in the new season. And you name the season. It can be if you want a new job. It can be other stuff. But mainly what if it's intimacy with my God? He's opening the door to his own heart. Thirdly, think about people's relationship with you and your response to them. Their relationship with you and their response to them. So they asked for and they received it from me. I'm doing to them what I would have them do to me, what God is doing to me, giving me what I ask for, I'm receiving from God. Secondly, they lack this in their life, and I help them find it or get it. It can be material, but it can be emotional needs, which is a huge, huge thing, or it can be spiritual needs. I was there for them. Okay, I was there with them. And then they felt shut out from, but I was there for them, and they were not alone anymore. You see, there is a very uh, practical way to live out the golden rule. First of all, 
live it in your relationship with God, experience it, and then what you experience, you extend to others because you know how it is. <laughs> you know how it is to, re- to receive what you look for, to find what you seek for, to have an open door when you knock. You know how it is because God does do this. He's a good father. And then I'm going to do this to the people around me in my life, my family, my coworkers. If they seek for something, they'll find it in me and I'll point them towards God. If they ask for something, I'll give them. And if they felt shut out from everyone else, I'll be their friend, no matter what. That's why it says, do to others what you would have them do to you as well. Because the heart of the golden rule is love. I love them as God loves me. And this is only possible when you have an intimacy with God. That's why I remind you, the golden rule can only be, is birth and out of intimacy with God and can be only applied after you experience it with God. This is how it is. Okay, God bless you. Band.